Drink it in now. Deep left side carry on. Picks on the block. At the five. At the two. At the one to the end zone. Touchdown Detroit Lions. Drink it in now. Get up Stafford throws. It is end zone. I love the Lions. Say it with me. I love the Lions. Drink it in. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Detroit Kool-Aid, what is going on, everybody? We are back. And we're here on a Monday hitting you with a little fantasy football flavor, an extra Kool-Aid packet for the people. Everybody, Griff, oh wait, Griffka's not here. Now, before I introduce the person that's going to be doing this fantasy football show with me, I got to cut a little promo on Mr. Griffka. The reason Griffka's not on this show is because over the last, I don't know, five, six plus years, Griffka's turned into get off my lawn guy. For those of you that listen to the Kool-Aid cast know, uh, I don't know, there's something going on with Griffka. Like years ago, he just decided... I don't like fantasy football anymore. It's not fun for me, okay? He threw in a class. I mean, he's got, I wish I had him on so I'd get all of his classic catchphrases. I don't know. He went Prince Fielder. I got kids, man. I got kids. Uh, I mean, I guess he just, his precious time can't be taken up with something fun like fantasy football. I mean, this guy skips the NFL draft to go play hopscotch, duck, duck goose, and blow dandelions. So so I kicked him off the show for the fantasy side. He'll be back on Wednesday and Friday for the uh, Detroit Kool-Aid cast. But I'm super happy to introduce a guy that's an OG of the fantasy game. He actually brought me in, and uh, he knows his stuff. And it's going to be fun chopping it up with him here uh, as we get this thing rolling. Chuck, you've been on the show before, man. Thanks for coming on talking some fantasy football on the Detroit Kool-Aid cast. What's going on, buddy? What up, Detroit Kool-Aid? Thanks for having me on board again. <laughs> we'll try to have some fun with this fantasy football and do what we do, Absolutely, Derek. Absolutely, man. What's Grifka's deal, man? I mean, this guy, is, is he hanging on into any of your leagues anymore? Because I, I got him in a league about a year ago, and he finished dead freaking last. I mean, this guy didn't put in lineups. He didn't even know who was good anymore. I mean, this was the guy that brought me into the fantasy game. He's just lost his touch. Is he still uh, you know, probably around the bottom of some of your standings, or has he quit altogether? Uh, as far as far as I know, he, he he's quit uh-huh. altogether. He's not he's not in any my uh, leagues yeah, anymore. Yeah, this guy. I mean, uh, is it against the rules, Chuck Dog, to have kids, jobs, a life, and still enjoy fantasy football? 
Oh, absolutely not. You know, I've got a job. I've got kids and a wife. Right. right. You check all those boxes, yet you still uh, enjoy the game of football. You love putting your GM hat on and putting a team together and having a bunch of fun. So uh, I couldn't have a better guy on uh, for the show. And uh, I'm glad we got to crick kick Grifka to the curb on this one because he, he's just lost it. But uh, we will talk about him in the show because, like I said, he did bring me into the game years ago. Obviously, I passed him way by, and, and Chuck, I, we'll probably get in some battles here. I probably passed you by, too, when it comes to knowledge and everything. Don't you think, buddy? I seriously doubt it. We'll see about that. So uh, thanks a ton for coming on the show. I mean, it's June, man. We just flipped over the calendar, June 3rd here. So um, most people think, man, it's still way too early for fantasy football. But before you know it, you know, a month and a half or so, camps will be right around the corner. You know, you'll be talking with your friends, setting up those leagues. And uh, I'm doing all types of these big leagues now that are starting. You know, we just did some rookie drafts right after the NFL draft. We're doing some 32 teamers where um, the next few weeks we'll actually be chipping away at those over the off season, keeping us busy. So I, I think it's time to get into it, man. Talk some fancy football. Uh, what do you say? Yeah, let's do it. All right, man. So what I wanted to do today was uh, kind of introduce you and kind of let you talk. Now, for two reasons. One, you're new to the people. You're new to the show. I do have the Grifka Bell here, but I, I'll let your your uh, catchphrases and things go today. But um, if I find something funny, we might have to get a Chuck Bell. I don't know. Um, but one thing I want to throw out there is, uh, like, like I said, you've been in the game a long time. Like, tell me – what do you remember, like, starting fantasy football? Like, everybody got introduced to fantasy football by a friend, a buddy, co-workers, whatever it may be. you remember that first league or what kind of got you hooked on the game? Oh, yeah. Shoot. It's, uh, actually, it's, a, it's a, a league that I'm still running. Uh, last year, we celebrated our uh, 25 years oh, nice. of this league. Yeah, we, we started back in 1993. <laughs> Man. Yeah, and... Uh, I remember it because I, I bought my very first uh, fantasy football magazine back then, and it had, you know, my boy Emmett Smith on the cover. So, and I actually still have that magazine. Oh, man. You know. Were, were we on a website at this point, or are we doing this by hand uh, with paper? Man, <laughs> what a lot of people don't understand is the way we used to do things is that we had to wait for the newspaper to come out Monday Monday afternoon. And do everything by oh, hand. Oh my goodness! Unbelievable! Like uh, I didn't even know you went that far back. But but here's the thing: this this brings me. I banned all baseball talk from the main Detroit Kool Aid cast. But I'll throw something in real quick here. I remember back in the day, my buddy telling me stories of him and his dad fantasy baseball like they would get the paper like you're saying the one guy was like a kind of a stat nerd he'd break down all the stats like get his calculator out he's trying to figure out points off batting at all this other stuff i was like oh man i can't believe i couldn't even believe it based on like what we have today you know everything's tip of a finger so i just thought that was crazy like that they were doing it back then and just imagine if they would have latched on and like been able to sort of you know get in the industry or make money like it just blew up like years after that you know what i mean yeah absolutely i could never get into fantasy baseball that uh that's just too much oh, work. oh yeah it's it's terrible they, uh, baseball is terrible fantasy baseball is terrible everything i mean nowadays it probably isn't that bad because you know you, you can get all your stats and stuff on the internet but looking it up daily back in the day i, I just didn't yeah, do it yeah absolutely no doubt but uh man that's that's cool that you're so you've been the commish for for 25 years too man that's a that's a quarter cinch man are you kidding me 
Well, I, I wasn't the commissioner when we when I first okay. got invited to this league. It was actually uh, ran by my stepdad. Okay. Uh, he he started the league, got got us into it, and uh, he ran it probably. I don't know. I want to say for about five years, and then uh, I pretty much took it over from there, and it's been going ever since. And now, did he pass it down, or was it a hostile takeover? Did you have to boot him out and say uh, that he went Grifka, and you had to just get new blood in there? Yeah, I, I think it was a little bit of both. I think he knew that uh, it was getting a little uh, out of his league. Yeah. Where he had to bring it up to the young guys and have them come in and run this uh, this league. You know, it, it's it's a keeper league too. So, you know, we keep players as we go on each year. You you cut half your team and then you, you know, obviously keep half your team. And um, I just think it got a little too advanced for uh, for him and – and one year he just said, yeah, I don't feel like doing it anymore. And I was like, well, I'll do it. <laughs> nice. And you've, uh, I could tell you, you, you'd be a good commissioner, man, and kind of keep everybody in line but have some fun with it. Uh, the keeper leagues to me are the most fun, I mean, because you sort of you're, – you're being able to build off prior years. You're looking for young talent. Well, you know, we'll get all that stuff on the podcast, talk about different types of leagues, kind of what, what we enjoy, what we don't, all that type of stuff as we kind of – kind of get into the show and everybody that's out there listening i know this is detroit kool-aid cast like me and chuck are definitely gonna chop it up here uh, later in this show about uh about the detroit lions and some of their players so we'll get that in uh on every show no doubt about it so uh, i'm anxious to hear chuck's takes on some of our uh, lions players uh see if they differs from from griffith style so so chuck with that being said you've been in that league forever like i was thinking back man i'll never forget um just a young college dude uh, working at the Dick's Sporting Goods shoe department. That's where I met you and Grifka. You came up to me and you're like, you're like, hey man, you want to get in our fantasy football league? And I was kind of like, what's fantasy football? <laughs> this was this was back in the day when like I had I wasn't even a Lions fan yet. All I did was play basketball and hockey all day. I didn't care one lick about the NFL. And uh, soon thereafter, you know, I kind of got taken to a Lions game or two, and they were just kind of you know, actually flipping over the script to be kind of the worst team in the game for the next decade or so that I was just becoming a fan. But um, you guys asked me, and I remember kind of asking you, like, what are the rules or how does this work? And then, of course, my competitiveness competitiveness gets flowing. So I remember I, I started the Vic Sporting Goods squad with where I think I got Mike Vic with the number one pick uh, back in the day. And, and does this ring a bell, Chuck Dog? The F5 Bomb Squad. I think that was my first team on the oh, Grifka yeah. website that was made out of HTML or it was on MySpace or something. Uh, I don't know what we were using back in the day, but Grifka had his own little league set up there that he was running. Yeah, I'm, uh, I don't remember. It's been such, such a long time ago. I can't remember which one he was using. <laughs> um, I thought it was – might have been Yahoo. I don't oh, know. No, this was <laughs> – I hate to – was before I that was it? So this was like a site that just had no – it didn't have anything other than, like, you could put your lineup in and do whatever. But, like, other than that, though, like, I don't know why this sticks out so clearly, but you got to remember this. The Griff Kali, where he was the commish, he he didn't allow any subs. Like, <laughs> unless your guy was out for the whole year, you were just stuck, you were just stuck yeah. with your team. And he, that was his big rule. I was just like, I knew that was garbage from the get-go, but it was like you just were stuck there. I mean, who does that nowadays? But uh, that I remember. Yeah. I remember yeah. taking all these players you guys just thought were hilarious, like, you know, were laughing at me. But then I ended up doing pretty well in the first couple of years, even though I really didn't have a clue what I was doing. And then each year thereafter, I've uh, – 
I picked it up, man. So uh, that's crazy how that kind of stuff sticks out. But I remember, I think the first draft ever was you had me, you guys had it at uh, the university there in Saginaw, SVSU. We had a room and you had a, you had a big dry erase (laughs) and either you or you probably made me as the young rookie go up and have to write these names up on the board. I mean, like I said, I'm I'm sure I had two or three magazines and flipping through, just picking out names. But I remember taking guys like T.O. and Steven Davis. I took one year you guys thought was hilarious. He ended up running for 1500 yards and 12 touchdowns. Uh, Eric Moulds, does that name ring a bell? The old uh, Buffalo, Buffalo Bill, <laughs> the oh, rising yeah. star. Every year, he was like the sleeper pick at receiver that was going to blow up, and then some years it worked, some it didn't. I mean, it's crazy to kind of go back that far. But those early, I, I looked it up. The Stephen Davis pick was in '03. Um, that was my second draft or third with you guys, where I had kind of like figured out that you got to find out who the next guys are. You know, not the guys that used to be good. Because <laughs> the yep. other thing that rings a bell, man, my first draft was taking guys like Jerome Bettis when he was in, like, his last year. I think I even swiped up Emmett Smith just to make you mad. And you're like, you can have him. He's a scrub now. <laughs> uh, you got him when he was with Arizona, right. I believe. Right. I was taking I was taking name value at that point. But uh, just funny to kind of see those names. And now, years later, you know, kind of where it's evolved to and, like, you know, what I'm trying to do. So, um, that's crazy, man. I didn't know about your 25, uh, year one. I think I got one going with some buddies on ESPN for, for quite a while as well. We've had lots of people in and out of that league, try to try to have some unique rules and stuff like that. But, uh, um, good stuff, man. Re- really good. What, um, tell us a little bit more about that current league. Are there any unique rules or anything that you really like about it? it comes maybe the trash talk, the prizes, the, the bragging rights. Like, what do you love about that league you've been doing for a long time? I think what I like most about the league is just the, it's consistency. You know, it's uh, like I said, it's been going for 25 years and um, you know, I, I run it with uh, my brother and uh, um, you know, it's just this consistency of uh, getting, sometimes we get some new faces in there, but it's usually just the same, same guys in there every year. And you know, the trash talk gets, gets pretty hyped, you know, cause you get to see the same, same same people just about every year and you know you, you get to make fun of them when they they draft some rookie that you're like you just took him in the first round really what a what um you know any any big trophies or did you see that thing on espn a couple of years ago i mean i thought i had some cool leagues that have some fun competition and some rules but you see that thing with all those you know people getting tattoos when they finish last and doing all this crazy stuff i mean is there anything unique in regards to that if you win or, or get last place um no, there's no, uh, there's no bizarre stuff like that where I make somebody get a tattoo or <laughs> not that something like not that. that. I think extreme. that's but a little there, too much. Is, no, is I think a that's dog trophy of some sort or uh, anything unique, or is it just uh, the, we, uh, the bragging rights and a little uh, cheddar at the end? Well, we had some bragging rights. We had a trophy that uh, got lost in uh, translation somewhere that I think we're going to end up probably. Um, I'm looking into getting a belt. Yes. You got to have something, uh, a physical something, because yeah. people always balk at it. They're like, oh, I don't really, what am I going to do with that? And it's a pain for me to ship it around. But but if, right. if I get the right thing and had the right group of people where you knew, like, every year the person would take care of it and send it to the next guy and put his, you know, get the name on it or something, like, there's something to that. It, it, it puts no money in your pocket. It puts nothing else, but... 
there's something to like winning something at the end. Like one group, I think had the old, uh, like a green blazer, you know, and then they embroider your name inside and you get the, you get the green blazer, almost like the masters. I was like, I was like, something like that would be cool. Or like say the, they got the new belts that are nice or the, the Lombardi trophy look alike, you know, something like that would be cool. Yeah. We used to have, um, uh, this trophy that had this, this guy on a, on a, a recliner wearing a football <laughs> helmet. And, uh, it had like little nameplates on the front of it. And each year we'd, you know, put the winner's name on there and they'd have to haul that thing around. But, um, I'm not exactly sure. I had it last. So it was my fault that I lost it somewhere. <laughs> um, or either that or it broke, but, um, it was, it was, it was too bulky and, and it, it just, you know, it aged itself cause we, we got it, you know, back in All the right. day. And, um, but this year I think I'm going to end up getting a belt. Um, you know, I, I won it this year, so I'll probably you gotta, you gotta buy a show belt to and, the draft with it on. Go, go yeah. straight up holster with the music when you walk in, I'm telling you. <laughs> oh yeah, I keep waiting for you to put that music for me. But <laughs> we're working on uh, it. <laughs> okay, all right, Maybe, all right. Uh, but yeah, that's that's a good idea. I'll start playing some intro music when we walk into B Dubs for our draft. Yeah, if you do that, you, I think you got to go bandana as well. You might as well go all in at that point. Well, yeah, I'll get one of those terrible shirts, too, so that way I can just rip it right as I get up to the table. Yeah, you, still, you still got the 20-inch pythons. Chuck Dog hits the gym a couple times a week, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah he's putting up, he's, that might be 19 and three quarters now. He's putting up four plates on, on each side, no right. doubt. Um, yeah, so, yeah. so we've kind of given the people, you know, we didn't want to just dive into players or, hey, who, who do you like in the first round? We want to kind of give that backstory because – part of fantasy football like you say is just having fun with your buddies like i always tell people even when they start going grifka and say oh no my God, no this one it's like it's something you do with your boys you know it's something you get together with people once a year for the draft and then you you keep up during the year you, you send a, a buddy a, a a shot on the message board every once in a while or hit him up on a text if his team is terrible or if you're meeting in the playoffs or something like that's really what it's about i mean it's it's not all about you know uh watching every second of these players and just living and dying but it's just something you do you know it's super fun so we wanted to sort of kick it off with that um kind of get some backstory and, and talk about that and again like i said i got some drafts coming up so i don't really want to give away all my uh, sleepers and secrets so we're going to kind of pick your brain today chuck so now that we kind of we set right. the table talked a little bit about your leagues and whatnot like let's dive into it like so Chuck's coming in the draft. He's got the real American music. He's got the bandana. He's got the rippable shirt, the, uh, the heavyweight championship around his shoulder. Like when that pick comes around in the first round, especially if you won it, you're picking at the bottom. Like what's your strategy? I mean, what kind of positions are you looking for? Like, you know, obviously a bit, it depends on your team, but you kind of have a, a plan going in or is it best player available? Like talk to people through kind of what you're thinking when it comes to the big day draft day. Well, uh, it all it all depends. Like for my keeper league, what I'll do is I'll if I'm at the end of the the first round, I'll pick uh, somebody that um, has a lot of potential. Yeah. You know, I've already got a base team. I can draft a rookie that may not be that great this year, but you know he's an up and comer. He doesn't have to play for you right away. Probably he can kind of just sit there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but for for uh, um, do-over leagues, you know, where you start over each year, um, basically once you get past, you know, the first three or four running backs that are, you know, the absolute beasts of fantasy football, I mean, you you basically have to stick to wide receivers throughout 
you know, that's how I do it. I stick to wide receivers, you know, all the way into. Now, now why do you why do you like uh, wideouts? You know, like to me, there's so many good ones. That's usually maybe a spot where I either wait or, um, like you said, those first few running backs. But but then you turn your eye to receivers uh, just because maybe less injury or or more big play games. Well, what's your thought process there? Well, you know, you know, ninety percent of the NFL, most teams are pass happy teams. You know, you you only have a few teams that are out there that'll actually run the ball first yeah. and then pass right. second. Um, so once you get past those three running backs that are workhorses and you know they're gonna that can carry your team, you know, then you start grabbing some receivers that are you know top notch receivers that you know are gonna put up um, a ton of points for you. Um, the only thing I don't like to do. Which you know, with outside, well, Gronk's not in it this year; he's retired. But unless Kelsey, <laughs> right? Allegedly, correct. Those are the only two tight ends I'll take. You know, in the upper tier of of the rounds, you know, those are about the only two that I would take. And besides that, tight end wouldn't go until for me until like the third or fourth round, oh. depending on who it is. Even later. All right, timeout. Do I have to? Do I have to pretend this is like the NFL draft and give you a 10-minute whooping like I do Grifko when he starts bagging on tight ends? They're important, he, uh, Chuck Dog. Like, they uh, are important. I, like, I'm, I'm with you on that one. Like, when it comes to fantasy, I think that you got to be real strategic, and yeah. they usually don't, you know, get as many yards and touchdowns other positions. But, um, you know, I was uh, talking to somebody the other day, and I was saying, like, you know, getting the right tight end at the right spot, though, to me is kind of that swing position where if you nail it and your your tight end is getting you, you know, that 75 yards and a TD and everybody else has got the scrubs getting them 35 and nothing, like that really yeah. can help you win a league. Uh, but you got to get them at a good value and you got to you got to find the right player. And, and I think the tight end position is a lot better nowadays. So there are better options later, but, you know, like you say, I see some people that go up and grab that guy in the first couple rounds, and if they don't work out, I mean, I feel like it really hurts you. But um, Right. I mean, when's the last time you ever seen a, a tight end actually carry a team into the playoffs? You know, that's why – I mean, I think I saw Grant maybe done it for a team uh, a few years back because I think he had, like, just a stupid year where he was – he caught, like, 100 balls, 16 touchdowns. And, right. You know, he was just a man amongst boys out there, and and you don't you don't get that very often. So, I mean, when you draft a tight end in those first two rounds, you I mean, you better hope you're going to get some uh, wide receiver numbers out of this guy, or it's just not going to work right. out for you. Yeah, and no, I agree with you. I guess I just never look at it as he's going to win me the league by himself. But if you take one and get the stud before anybody else does, and he ends up being a, a beast, you know, in that 800 to over a thousand yards and up in the double digit touchdowns, uh, that, that can be a big help. So, so, so you, if you're not able to get the stud running backs, you're kind of looking at that receivers, which, um, you know, let's, let's kind of dive in. Uh, if I can pull them up here in a second, uh, you know, some of your top receivers are kind of like uh, you got D hop, you got Devontae Adams. Where do you sit on Devontae Adams? He seems like a guy that was no good, got good, and now he's in the top, you know, 10 overall in most things I read. Are you sold on this guy? Yeah, absolutely. I'm sold with with uh, any number one receiver in Green Bay. I mean, I think I think Aaron Rodgers makes you better than what you really are, you know, and, and when you get a guy like Devontae Adams who runs great routes, I mean, you see this guy and he, he runs – 
next to perfect routes and it's got decent hands, you know, and then you got uh, Aaron Rodgers that knows where he's supposed to be at, throws it right there. And Devontae is always there. You know, he makes some good quick catches, even in traffic Like he's got, cause he's not the fastest guy. He doesn't get a whole lot of separation. Right. But, I mean, you know, he's, he still makes all the good catches. Yeah, I mean, I, I like his, his uh, moves off the ball. Like you're saying, I know Slay for the Lions has always said he's a hard guy to deal with, but I mean, I'm just looking at, uh, you know, he's he's never been, like, that top flight number five guy. I mean, I guess everybody's projecting him, like, after the last year or so where he's been much better. They're kind of, like, putting him in that, that top tier now. But, I mean, I'm not I'm not taking him over Mike Thomas, Odell. I mean, I don't even think he's Julio at this point. You know, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe he'll make that huge leap and just be a stud for the next three, four years. But, I mean... I think his best year is probably what, you know, 12, 1400 yards and, and less than 10 touchdowns. I mean, that that's not incredible. I think he just finished with like 14 touchdowns, didn't he? What do you have? Didn't he have something around 14 this year? Oh, man, I don't. I mean, I know I don't have the stats in front of me either, but I, I, he was up there this year. And I mean, it's too bad that uh, he's starting to get all this recognition because I was enjoying getting him like in the fourth round and riding yeah. with him. So, you know. So in 2018, he had 111 for 1300 yards, and he had yeah 13 TDs, and he's had he's had double yeah. digit TDs for the last three years, but he's only he's only over a thousand yeah. yards once. I mean, uh, that yeah. that's where like you said, everybody says Aaron Rodgers, like this is this is the guy, like he, uh, you know, he just makes everybody incredible. I mean, he had a couple big years with. Jordy Nelson, but when have they had just an absolute top five slam dunk receiver? Like other than Jordy, nothing really. Yeah. Right, so, nothing. I he, he's know, a guy I'm like, watching. You know, it's kind of like I see him. I wouldn't mind him. You know, I think he's a top ten receiver. I think he could be, you know, in that top eight. But when I see him going eighth overall, that's when I kind of pull back a little bit. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 a little high for me as well. So. So we got your general strategy. Like, talk to me a little bit about your uh, your players to watch. Like, guys that maybe uh, you're looking at early, guys that maybe are a sleeper in your mind. Like, I'm just curious kind of where you're at with some of that. Well, I mean, some of the players to watch for, you know, like, I guess one would, to me, would be uh, would be Brown out in Oakland now. I mean, how, how good is he going to do? How high is he going to go in some of these drafts? You know, he's got Derek Carr throwing the ball now, which, you know, May not be bad. It may be bad. I, I, I don't know how good Derek Carr really is. Um, you know, and then he had Big Ben. That Big Ben would just throw it to him, you know, even if he was covered. You know, I don't, you don't know if Carr's going to have that same strategy with him, if, if Carr's going to have that same confidence. Yeah, I think it's a great it's a great name um, to bring up. I don't know if you heard a previous Kool-Aid cast, but Grifka was all about bringing uh, Antonio Brown to the Lions, and I, I laid it out for him, his contract, his attitude, his age, all the stuff, and I said – so what do you think about all that, Griffin? He goes, he he's a good receiver. He'd be the best receiver on the team. That would that would that that was mm-hmm. his take. <laughs> that sounds Griffin. Uh, re- really in depth, and he kept repeating it, which was even more funny. But uh, I'm I'm high on Antonio Brown, man. I think he's got a, a something to prove. I think you know Oakland is going to just make him the guy, you know, and not worry about all the other antics. They're going to just deal with them as they come. And uh, I, I like you brought up yep. that name. I think he's a big wild card. Where can you get him? And uh, you know, some people will be down on him, but I don't think so. I think he'll be he'll be real good this year. 
Right. And then another one would be Juju Smith. I mean, how good is he going to be now with, with Brown out of there? We still have all the number one guys on him. You know, is he really a number one receiver? Has he surprised you? Because I remember when he was coming out, this is another, I hate to keep uh, giving Grifka uh, flack or I'll give him a little credit here. I made him do like a mock draft right before that NFL draft. And he ended up getting Juju in like the third or fourth round of this mock. And it was a guy that like, He'd been pegged maybe to the Lions, but people were kind of like, ah, oh, you know, the Southern Cal receivers never really work out. And, I mean, he just he just was kind of, you know, mid-tier. If you can get him in the third round, maybe he'll be a, a second or third guy, you know, in the long run. But, I mean, he's been an absolute beast his first few years, like unguardable and making plays, uh, big plays, lots of touchdowns. I mean, you think he's got that uh, solo now? Well, I mean, this year will only tell. I think I think he's got the skill to uh, to do so because I've seen him, you know, make some pretty incredible catches. And and uh, I mean, what he first bursted on the scene was I don't need to bring it up, but I think it was against Detroit, wasn't it? When he caught that one over the middle and all of a sudden had this speed that he's never had before. And now, now, now Chuck, you know, bringing that up on the Kool Aid Cast might get you booted right right on the first episode. You might not make it through when you bring up the the ninety yarder right over the middle that basically sealed our fate against the Steelers. Yeah, I, I didn't really want to bring it up, but that's when he really bursted into the scenes. See, a lot of people think you know I'm a I'm a huge Cowboys fan, I am, but I don't hate the yeah. Lions. You know, if the Lions are playing against anybody but Dallas, I root for the Lions. Okay, well, you know, I'm from Michigan. <laughs> they, you know, they're they're almost like because I'm a big Cubs fan too, and I don't mean to bring up baseball, but they're kind of like that. They're like the lovable losers, and I hate saying that like that, uh-huh. but they are. I mean, I like <laughs> the Lions. Yourself, man, with that comment, but um, you know, I I know part of the show was like we're definitely going to just talk all types of fantasy football. We will skew Lions, and like you said. I know you've lived here ever since I've known you, and um, you definitely rep your Cowboys colors, but you, you know your stuff. Me and you have chopped it up before about uh, the Lions, and you know who's good and who's not, so you'll have some good takes on that. And uh, we are going to put that te- to the test here in a moment to uh, see if you will uh, call it right down the middle or if you will uh, play that uh you know, flap that Cowboys flag, but uh, go rapid fire if you if you can. Maybe give me a handful more of names. You don't have to get into all the details, but maybe guys that you're excited about this year at any type of positions. You got a few more on the tip of your tongue there. Um, you know, I'll give you a sleeper that I, I think is going to be uh, really good this year, and that's Damian Williams from Kansas City. Who was it? Running back, Damian okay. Williams from from uh, Kansas City, running back. I, um, I, he, he was on the team last year. I like that. I like that Go take ahead. because, like, so you're sold on him because he he showed out at the end of last year. But everybody is already looking at the the Chiefs brought in some rookies. I mean, they've got some. They've got a couple. They brought in Carlos Hyde. Like, you feel like he's not only going to keep that backfield, but he's going to be a force back there, huh? I, I believe so. I mean, I just read a. Uh, an article with with uh, Andy Reid saying that there's not going to be a running back by committee. Williams is the main back, okay. and for Andy Reid to say that, you know, it's, that's a whole that's that's a big deal, you know, for him to say that. I think it's, I mean, unless Damian Williams does something crazy through the uh, OTAs or, um, you know, the mini camps coming up where he either gets injured or just doesn't play well, I, I think he's going to be a force to be reckoned with back there because 
most chief running backs. I don't, I don't know what it is, but they, they tend to do well. Yeah, I, uh, I'm i kind of with you there. I mean, uh, you know, as long as they don't use that whole committee back and split it all around, like there's no reason to not to go away from Damian Williams the way he played. I mean, obviously Kareem Hunt's out of town. Um, they're going to sling it around the yard. It seemed like he could catch and finish. He really seemed to finish down towards the end zone, which I liked. You know, anytime he could punch in those touchdowns and things like that, uh, he proved to be a back. And uh, the big thing will be where can you get him? Because he's not going to be on everybody's top radar as a running back. But, you know, are you going to be able to wait a couple rounds and then jump on him before other people do? Or are you going to try to wait it out too long and miss out on a guy like that? That'll be the, the hard part with Damian Williams. Yeah, absolutely. So, Good, good stuff, man. Like I say, uh, in weeks to come, we'll kind of have uh, some different topics and kind of, you know, have uh, we'll give our maybe like our top five receivers. We'll break down some other um, and really kind of have some fun, come up with some some gimmicks and some games stuff we can do to kind of break down these players as people lead up to their drafts because everybody has their strategy and everybody can go on any website and pull it out. But um, I'm sure they'll be anxious to sort of hear what we got to say about these different positions, players, draft value strategy all that type of stuff yeah yeah looking forward to it so so chuck let's let's end it with this you know we'll keep this first show uh pretty tight i thought what we do i promised it for the people we talk some lions and some fantasy here so what i've done is you just laid it out cowboys honk but you you, you sort of know and rep the lions you're gonna have to on this show i thought we'd do some lions versus cowboys in regards to the fantasy players are, are you ready to do this it's gonna be like a little battle rap back and forth you you can have those guys with the star in their helmet i'll take the leos and we'll kind of talk back and forth about a couple players here and see who comes out on top sounds good Chuck Dog, talk to me about Dak Prescott. You're your boy. You can't see it, but I'm shaking my head, Derek. What? You can't see it. I'm shaking my head right now. But I knew you were going to start out with Dak Prescott, kind of all people. Because you love him. Um, <laughs> ah, gosh, Derek. <laughs> you know, I'm not sold on the guy yet. I know he's going to put up numbers because he's got all these pieces around him. He's got a good offensive line. He's got a you know great running back, great receivers. He's got Jason Witten back. He's going to put up some numbers. But how good is really Dak? How good is Dak Prescott really? Pay the man. I don't know, man. I don't know. I think, uh, you know, there's some throws where he throws or some balls that he throws, and I'm like, wow, did he really just throw that? And then there's times where I'm like, wow, did he really just throw that? You know what I mean? I was hoping you'd go there. Yeah, so, it's perfect both ways for, for uh, good old, yeah, you know, good so, old Dak there. Well, I'll, I'll tell you one quarterback he's not better than, and that's Matt Stafford, because uh, I, I'm a Dak Prescott fan. I love the fact that he can run the football. I love his short passing game. I think he's a winner. He's a captain. But me and Griffith talk every week about Matt Stafford not having his mojo, not being able to score touchdowns, not having that, that gumption that he used to have. I mean, I think 2019, this guy has a balanced offense, a decent to good offensive line, skilled players everywhere you need them. Man, I see Matt Stafford having a huge bounce back year, jumping back up into the, you know, the top 10 of quarterbacks and uh, really proving again that he's, he's smart enough. He's got the, the crazy arm, make every throw. I mean, I think this is a slam dunk for the Lions, Stafford over Dak Prescott. I mean, can we agree? Yeah, unfortunately, I'll, I'll agree with you. I've I never had any issues with Matt Stafford. I think he, he does as best he can with what he's got around him. Yeah, I think, uh, 
you know, like you say, he just uh, needs to get that moxie back and he'll be good to go. And they, they give him skill players, so we're going to get after this year. There may be a theme in this little contest we're having, but I'll kick this next one off. Like right. Kenny Galladay. This is a guy uh, that everybody sort of, when they draft him in the third, who's that? You know, nobody knew, even myself. As, as I got reading up on him and then before his second year, so that first year went by, he had some flashes, he was injured. Second year came, I told everybody that would listen, man, I went back and watched Kenny Galladay. This guy can catch, he can run, he can go up and get it. He's a, he's just a physical specimen in the jersey, and sure enough, man, it panned out. I think this guy's due for a huge year. He's an absolute monster at the position. We've only seen the tip of the iceberg with this guy. I mean, I'm looking for big things. I think he's the pseudo one. You know, I love what Marvin does. I'm excited sort of about Danny Amendola, but I put Kenny Galladay on this list because to me, He'll be the number one impact receiver for the Lions. And now, Chuck, I'm going to swing it to you, and you got to try to defend that with Hearns, Cobb, or Tavon, or all three. Um, yeah, good luck with that. Uh, did you forget about Amari Cooper? Yeah, I, I left him off the list for now. So defend those guys I mentioned, uh, sir. That's that's the game. Well, I can't really defend Cobb because he's not a Cowboy officially yet. Hearns. Well, yeah, I mean, he's on the team, but I haven't seen him play You're yet. all excited about him. Like, wasn't he good like eight years ago? Yeah, I remember that eight years ago. <laughs> yeah, good signing. But as you remember, when I when I talked about Dak Prescott, that I don't remember saying anything about Randall Cobb. And what about what about, what about that, Alan that's okay. Defend him. He's your other number two over there. Uh, you know, you're over here picking on a guy that hurt it, like broke his leg in half. Can leave that poor guy alone? He's in the hospital probably still. That leg was. Sawed in half. That was pretty good. Okay, well, he can't play like man. Tavon, uh, Tavon Austin, he's good. Well, I, we've got we've got a young kid named Michael oh, yeah. Gallup. That's uh, that's uh, you know he he had a pretty good rookie year. Uh, he's made some pretty good catches uh, from some arid throws by Dak Prescott. Um, is Gallup better than Galladay? Um, you know, I, I can't really go that far yet. No, he's not. But it, does he have? Does he have a chance? Sure. You know, everybody has a chance. But if we're going number one against number one, then yeah, I'll take Cooper over Galladay. Yeah, well, I agree. You're totally ruining the game here because I'm setting your Cowboys up to suck and the Lions to look really good. So let's let's keep this thing moving. Uh, tell me a little bit about Jeff Swain at tight end. That's a, another, another primetime offensive player you got there. Well, that, that all-pro Jeff Swain, he uh, – he found himself back on the bench as the number two tight end since the uh, Hall of Fame Jason Witten came oh, back. Oh, I, I, I did hear he, you uh, mention Jason Witten earlier. You know he's not going to do anything, right? I mean, he's a coach in New Jersey. Yeah, you know, they, you know, he, he is. He's a, he's a great coach. He will be a great coach. So who's going to catch uh, footballs at tight end? Uh, he can still catch the ball. You know, you don't lose that. You look at Tony Gonzalez. You know, he left, came back. He did great. You know, Jason Witten's another another great tight end um, that I believe will come back. I mean, he's not gonna he's not gonna put up these amazing numbers, but he's gonna do his due diligence and <laughs> and, and uh, move the ball down. His due down. diligence. What? Like, let me go Griffin for a minute. What's his stats gonna be? What What is Jason Witten gonna end the year with? Maybe like two hundred yards and a touchdown or two. Derek, you're lucky you're not anywhere near me right now. <laughs> come on. Oh, that dude's going to have 50 catches, 50 catches, 
50 catches, 700 yards, and six touchdowns. Oh, you got to be kidding me, man. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe I, I don't I joke around, Derek. This I is all serious business. Went there. I mean, the people are, are trying to respect you as a fantasy analyst on this show. Wait, you don't believe he's going to get 600 yards? <laughs> no. No. What's what's worse, Jason Witten in the booth or playing again for the Cowboys? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Can, can, can I, I mean, you know, I never really watched that many Monday Night Football games because. What do you mean? I just couldn't do it. Want to see Booger on the on the sky sky train out there rolling around? No, no, I did. I'm not gonna not gonna miss that at all. All right, so so obviously I bamboozled you in this game, setting you up. So let me talk a little bit about Grifka's favorite player, T.J. Hawkinson, who's the Lions' tight end. He was picked number eighth overall. This guy's like. 6'5", 230, 40 pounds. He can move. He can catch. I expect him, unlike Jason Witten, to be in that six to 700-plus yards, 70-plus catches, and, yeah, 7 to 10 touchdowns for the rookie. Now, Grifka's got him at about 100 and, or to 200 yards and maybe to fall in the end zone once or twice because he hates all players until they actually do something, and then he tells you they're good. But I'm here to tell you this is a slam dunk. The Lions, TJ Hawkinson, the young stud, Versus those those scrubs you guys got over there with the Cowboys. Uh, a Hall of Famer is a scrub. Yeah, hmm. yeah. I mean, I would have taken yeah. him. I would have taken him in the '06 fantasy draft, but it's 2019, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Well, the good thing about Dallas, they don't have to waste a first round pick, a top ten pick on a tight end. They can get a great tight end in the third round. Who's, who, so, who's that? You know, Jason oh, Witten. Like two decades ago. Uh, yeah, nineteen. You know, just a couple, couple. Of, Man, I knew this would be an excellent segment. So let let me uh, let me uh, dish it to you on this next one. So again, I set you up to win this one. I mean, I put a great player on teed up for you. This is probably one of your favorites. I know that Mike Grifka just absolutely loves this player. He's loved him since high school. Talk to me about your stud running back. You know who I'm talking about. Yes, it's Mike Weber. Mike Weber at running back versus Theo Riddick. What do you got to say about that matchup? Mike Mike Weber? <laughs> what about Tony Pollard? Talk to me about Mike Weber because he's the worst of the two, and that's that's the whole point of this segment. <laughs> oh, so now we're going to go to third. You don't want to bring the first string into this because there's no competition, so I guess we'll, we'll drop it down to the third string. All right, all right. We, we can try this. Well, you know Mike Weber. He's Mike Weber. He's from Michigan, so that's good. Uh, didn't he already? Didn't he already you know, tear his ACL or something? Ah, he sprained his knee or something. Did, yeah, I mean he's he's been injury prone since I think he came out the womb. Griff, so, Griffin loves he, this he, guy. He thinks he has high character. He absolutely loves his mentality. He thinks he's a stand-up guy. I mean, he just can't say yeah, enough about yeah. Mike Weber every time I talk to him. I think Mike took it personally when uh when Weber. You know, spurned uh, Michigan to go to Ohio State. I think he, I think he bought a Mike Weber Michigan jersey already. And yeah, Grifka does not forget. That's one thing he does not forget uh, yeah. anything. He will hold yeah. it, hold it up for years. But uh, in all seriousness, I, I agree with you. I, I I think Tony Pollard has some juice. That was a guy I really liked in the Senior Bowl. Um, you know, Theo Riddick to me is a guy that. You know, they keep keeping around at four or five million bucks. I haven't seen him do much. He runs the same arrow route every play. And then, you know, he can't – they say he's a great blocker. I mean, I don't see a bunch of great pass protection. And he just he used to have a bunch of juice. He would catch 80 balls, uh, you know, a few years ago. And now 
I mean, I don't ever realize them out there in the in the game. So I think Tony Pollard and Theo are similar type talents, but I think Pollard's got a lot more upside. Um, so uh, he's faster too. He runs like a four three forty. He's, yeah. he's quick. Kick he's going to be uh, going to be a little yeah. He's going to be a little kick returning and maybe some third downs. Right. So so this last battle, I mean, it can either be a wash or like you know because he's a vet. I mean, I guess we might as well make it a clean sweep and give it to Theo, don't you think? For the third, for the third string, yeah, we can go with the third string. The Lions have a better third string than. Oh wait, I got a little note here in like really small fine print. It says, "Okay, uh, I guess you have Cooper and Zeke too." <laughs> right, right, yeah, we have we we've got a couple good guys out yeah, there. They're decent, and, and who are you to to rep Cooper when you didn't ever want the guy, and now he's like your you got you got his uh, throwback in your closet. Who am I? I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan. Oh, I can do what I want. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm glad we turned up the juice here at the end. I mean, this might have to be the show as me, like, poking the bear and getting after you so that we can have some good battles back and forth. Uh, me rag on Cowboys for the whole show. I mean, I think that'd make, make a good entertaining show. Don't you agree? Yeah. I mean, as long as you can handle it, too. <laughs> yeah. And I'm far enough away from you, so I'm safe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. So that's good. Uh, but let, let's do this, man. Let's go ahead and uh, close up this show. Uh what we're looking for in the next few weeks, we'll have more like pointed content, like I said, more rankings, more uh, arguments, more fun battles, but uh, you can definitely send your questions to uh, uh, the Detroit Kool-Aid on Twitter, which is Detroit underscore Kool-Aid. And then we also have that DKC listener line where people can call up and uh, give us your fantasy football questions. Like, you know, tell us why the the Cowboys are terrible and why the Lions are incredible. I mean, we love those type of calls and uh, just rant, rave, do whatever you want. So that that number again is nine eight nine, straight up Saginaw nine eight nine two seven two three four eight four. So definitely hit that up as well. So Chuck, uh, this usually when I ask Grifka, he's got anything else for the people. I mean, you want to leave anybody with a little something, something or what? A little something, something. No, I just want to thank you, Detroit Kool Aid, for having me on here again. And uh, I look forward to doing it uh, the next few weeks. Absolutely, man. That's how you close up a show, Grifka, with a take. So, uh, everybody, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we're going we're gonna to ramp this up here in the next little bit and have a bunch of fun and talk uh, fantasy football. We know everybody is chomping at the bit for those drafts. And uh, it's never too early to start talking about uh, football players and having some fun back and forth. So, Chuck, man, I can't thank you enough for coming on. Uh, we'll definitely do this again. Drink it in, man.